don't Tell the people about the purchase you made at Sears today. The purchase that I made at Sears. I tried to make the purchase, but they were out. I got a text from my dad letting me know that if you went to Sears.com and searched for Medicine Ball, uh, the first product that came out in the results was a device to weigh down your nuts and stretch them out. Uh, and they were out of them. And then the, the website went down, so somebody must have lost their job. Uh, and the reviews were great. My favorite one was whether you could attach multiple and have it be like a, a Newton's cradle. Like one of those, like the five balls swinging back and forth. Uh, so so that's, that's the purchase that Mike... Is referring to? Did you purchase them? I didn't know they they were unavailable uh, according to the website temporarily, which I took to mean we will never sell ball yeah. stretching weights at Sears. <laughs> uh, but it was a real product. I mean, yes, they it had like photos it, and everything. No, no, no. They it had, had photos. It had it had a diagram and a whole thing, and it, it uh, I I it identified the brand name. I went to the brand name's website, and they have all kinds of interesting things. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> Today's a big day in the stratosphere. You know why? Because of the ball stretching? The ball stretcher one and two, we have discovered that Pancom Podcast is in 14 countries. I mean, I've, wow. I've been trying to tell you that this is, uh, this is a big deal. I mean, 14 you gotta figure, countries. It, you got to figure that it's probably 14 and then whatever uh, other eight people, since we have 22 listeners, right. are in one country. Right. Uh, so... Let's let, let's pretend that we actually are doing a podcast. Welcome here. to Pancom Podcast with me, <laughs> with me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, croquetitas and pastelitos. You are listening. That's a great intro, Nick. You practiced that. <laughs> oh at home. man, you ready for this? Yeah, sure. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm wearing my Mizzou hoodie for the first time of the season, and I am joined by Chef Chili Cookoff Champion. And foie snowman, Michael Beltran. Wow. You like that? That's bad. Yeah, really bad. That's dreadful. That's how we're starting. Yeah. Uh, and we are joined... With a studio audience. With a studio audience for the first time. First time ever. Uh, by a studio audience, one of the members of which is, I have it on good authority, the president of our guest's fan club. Uh, <laughs> yes, she is. And our guest, Marcus... I thought, I thought you were talking oh, about shit. Red. No, oh. well... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if even she's in Red Square. He might be a vice president. What do you mean? And we're joined by by today's guest, Marcus Rivero. Uh, is it fair to? I know that your your brand is Souls by Sir, but is that something that you go by, or is that like just? You know, it's funny. what's your street name? Yeah, what's your <laughs> yeah, street, street name? When you're tagging walls, Listen, it started as Red as a kid when I was young, and now it's funny because now I find myself hearing Sir, 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 and I turn around like the idiot that I am. And it's people that just call me sir. I don't know if it's because I'm older, <laughs> it's because of the brand. So, I mean, Marcus works, yeah. sir, sold by sir, whatever, souls, you name it, any variation at this point. So, so let's get into why souls by sir. And this is where I will pass it off to our alleged host, Michael Belcher. I love the alleged part. Yeah. Because I'm not totally sure what I'm doing here. It's 60 episodes in, and I'm really still I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure what you're doing but here. Marcus and I go back, way back. So, let's talk about that before we talk about, like, things. We... Went to high school together. Yes. A year older than me, right? Uh, yeah, 02. Um, 02. We, we played football together. Yep. Uh, we played the same position. We did. Well, I played D-tackle, you played D-end. Yeah, D-line. D-line. Works out. Yeah. And uh, I remember you. your year was a much better team than ours, but I hopefully no one from our year is actually listening <laughs> to this. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, we go back. I mean, fuck, that was two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah. So we're almost at twenty years now. Yeah, you're old. almost at twenty years. We're getting old, man. Yeah, we're getting old, but we're still crushing it. And I remember um, a couple years after high school, it was like uh, you. There was like a lot of stories about you on the street, right? <laughs> and it was like. This guy, he's like in Silicon Valley and he's selling things. He's a multi-billionaire. It's fucking nuts. And I'm like, Marcus? It's like, yeah. And I'm like, what? I mean, I didn't know. So, and then now here I see you and you're three companies later, right? Yeah, it's something been like that. 15, 17 years or whatever. Yeah. And it's three totally different businesses since high school. And that's why we're here to talk about them. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's time flies, but... uh Started off back way, way back when in high school, selling sandwiches. That's how it all oh kicked in. Oh my god! I tell everyone that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the only story that follows me. Yeah, what a that was like a hardcore. That was like don't don't fuck with my customers. You have yours. Yeah. I sell my sandwiches to my customers and the muffins from Costco. I remember those muffins. I would buy the muffins. I was yeah. Like, it was like that was a back end trade. Like I'll give you some muffins. You give me some sandwiches. I'll sell some sandwiches. Deal. Thank you. Yeah, but the sandwich thing is how it started, man. It, it grew just from me to, before you know it, I had 15 employees, two teachers, janitor on payroll. I mean, I was making two, 300 bucks a day in high school. It was, I never missed a day of high school. It was, that's when I realized that I'm never going to work for anybody if I don't have to. Right. And, but it was great. It was, it was phenomenal. And it started from there and ended up here. So right after high school, what happened? Right after high school. Uh, so I had an internet company um, doing wheels and tires, family business. Went well. Uh, when I hit 21, 22, got bought out by a Wayberry company, uh, closed shop, obviously. Uh, took two years off when I was 21 and 22. And the only thing I remember about that phase in my life was I'd wake up and I didn't know what day of the week it was. And then Ooh. I was like, man, this is a good way to live. But I was quickly reminded by my mother that I wasn't old enough to retire at that age. Um, money was going to run out real quick. Uh, so lo and behold, after loaning some money out to a family friend, Realized that I was going to get back into the tire business, but on the wholesale used tire. And I was, it was one of these things. I was like, I'm never doing that. I looked at the books of a company that did it, and they were amazing. And this is right when the recession hit in like 06-ish, 07-ish. So I realized that people couldn't afford new tires anymore. So business, as soon as we opened, boomed, did that. And then nine years ago now, started the whole Souls by Sir thing. Souls by Sir. Tell me about that. Oh, man. Souls by Sir. Where did I start? Um, so Start from the very beginning. <laughs> Where did this idea come from? It was a freaking mistake. Um, so when I nine years ago, I've always loved sneakers. But, you know, growing up, I was from a family that you'd get one pair and it had to last you all year. So I'd always take care of them. As I got older and I got a little bit more dispensable income, I started buying my own stuff. Um, and then I realized that, you know, I wanted to make a, a pair of shoes for somebody. They didn't make them in a certain color. Mm-hmm. Well, I went originally to buy it. They didn't make it. So I was like, oh, I can paint this. How hard can this stuff be? I didn't know what I was getting into. So I bought paint, bought brushes, had never painted a thing in my life. And I spent 20 hours on that shoe. Um, it was a gorgeous shoe. Uh, next thing you know, this person put it on Instagram. And friends of mine were like, dude, I didn't know you knew how to paint. It's my daughter's first birthday. Can you do Minnie Mouse? My dad's a Yankee fan. So I did like eight, nine pairs of those. And a Miami Dolphin player at the time saw one somehow, some way on Instagram, sent me a message. And that's really how it started. Which Dolphin player? Nolan Carroll. No, oh, the deep DB? D- DB, yeah. So right. Now he's one of my best friends. He literally has changed the course of my life. And the funny story with him was when we started, he wanted me to do a pair of sneakers. Um, and I remember he, he all he told me was Statue of Liberty theme. 
And I okay. was like, yeah, yeah, I've done this a hundred times. Had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Like, at all. And uh, went and Googled it. Saw that it basically means make the shoe look weathered, like the Statue of Liberty. So I bought my first airbrush gun. Stood in on one. Bought it. Bought paint. Started painting these shoes on my kitchen counter. I wasn't liking the way it was coming out. I must have put like 20, 30 layers of paint. And he's blowing me up for a photo. So he's like, let me get a, a shot of it. So I take a picture on my kitchen counter of these shoes, which I didn't like at the time. And he writes back, it's okay. And uh, I'll never forget. Those were like the worst words. So I took my phone and I threw it. When I threw it, I had a, a jar of acetone right next to the shoes. It fell on the shoes. So I grabbed the kitchen towel, wiped it. And when I wiped it, it was the most beautiful marble looking because all the layers had yeah. met. So then I was like, all right. Took a picture. I was like, haha, just kidding. How about now? And I got the heart emoji eyes sent back to me. And that's how it all started. And nobody knew that story for like five years. I didn't tell anybody that story of how it happened. It was an accident. And then from that, it led to his game cleats, which when he approached me a couple months after that day, I told him no. Um, because I was like, listen, with sneakers, you could be very careful how you walk. Nobody's going to step on you. But when it comes to game cleats, man, you're not worried about the shoes. And I was like, it's going to chip. It's going to peel. I don't, I don't even know. He called me seven nights in a row every night. And I told him no the first six. And on the seventh one, I was like, bro, you really want this? He was like, yeah, man. And he was like the biggest motivational speaker I had ever met. He's like, you got this. And I was like, I'll tell you what. I'll do it for you. I'm not going to charge you because I don't even know if it's going to work. He's like, I'll tell you what. If this works, I'll make, I'll make, uh, I'll repay this favor to you. Sure enough, I do the shoe. He wears it for three preseason games. So we were waiting for game three, which is when the starters play a little bit more than normal. So after the game, I get a call from him. I'm like, oh, here we go. And he calls. He's like, hey, the shoes are intact. I'm sending you a dozen pairs tomorrow. So he sends me a dozen pairs. Keep in mind, I don't have any other clients at this time. He's like my one and only. Mm. So I spent every night painting his shoes for a week. So we're ready for a home opener a um, couple weeks after. I'm like, hey, Nolan, I'm done with the shoes. Uh, what's your address? I'll drive them up because I wanted to, you know, do the whole take a picture, put it on social media thing. He's like, nah, ship them. And I was like, man, and all, you know, he's like, trust me. Remember that favor I told you? So in my head, I'm like, oh, damn, thank you so much for this business. He's like, no, the favor's not the business. He's like, where you're about to ship these shoes. So I get all excited. I don't bother to Google the address. I just make the shipping label, drop it off FedEx. What he did was he had me ship it to the Dolphins training facility. And football players, for people who don't know, is like whenever they get a big package, all the teammates want to know what's in the package. Because yeah. typically it's shoes, it's something cool. So one day after practice, he opens it up. And this shoe at the time was only available pure black. There was no color to it. I made 12 Miami Dolphin versions of it. So when he opens the box, his intention was more to show off, not really sell. His teammates started offering him ridiculous money for the shoes, all of which he gave to me. So that night, I got a phone call from him saying, hey, listen, I got like six, seven grand for you. I sold the shoes I didn't mean to, and I need more for me. I was like, wow. He's like, but I hope you don't mind. I gave your number out to like eight guys. And all of a sudden, I had Cam Wake. I had Jamar Taylor. I had a whole bunch of guys calling me. And that night, I went from one customer to eight. And then it just went out of control at that point. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it was a, That's, well, it's nice way to, to get seven grand and not know you're about to get seven grand. You, I mean, listen, as far as I was concerned, I was going to get paid from him a couple hundred bucks at a time for each. I was made a couple grand. I was like, still, it's like not a bad way to make a couple grand. Mm. Um, and then on top of that, he still paid me that. And he's like, oh, by the way, I sold those for this much more money. And that's how it started. And it was it was phenomenal. But more than the money, which the money at the time is what I thought was important. What I realized is those eight, those eight clients were my gateway to really starting the company. Right. So how many more players did you make shoes for that year? So I went from Nolan. I think at the end of year one, I had like 50 guys league-wise. Yeah. So basically what happened was 
at the time we had Dolphin players, but you got to keep in mind that Dolphin players didn't always start as a Dolphin player. So, you know, when you play for a team, you follow your teammates, then you get cut, you get traded, now you play for another team. So what they would do is at the time, nobody's really customizing. So they would put it up on their social media and tag me. So all of a sudden, his ex-teammate or his college roommate was like, hey, what's this guy's number? So I started getting texts and DMs from people that like, the list is ridiculous. And that's how it started. And it went from one to eight to 50 by the end of the year. And then it just exponentially grew after that. How did you do all? You did that by yourself? Yeah. For the first six years, it was solo. It was, you know, I always joked that when I was in high school and college, I used to go out and party a lot. And I barely slept. I'd always make it to work. So it trained me to just sleep an hour or two and I'd be fully functioning. So that's what happened with Souls by Sir. I literally would work my entire company, get home at five, start painting until three, four, five in the morning. Sometimes find myself trying to order dinner and I'd call Pizza Hut or any of these places and I would call and nobody would be picking up the phone. I'd be so pissed. And then I'd put my phone down and realize it's 4.45 in the morning. And I'm right. like, oh, snap. Um, and that's how I did it. And I slept a couple hours a night for the first five, six years until I got my first assistant. And then I realized how much easier life got. And then... Cool business started growing i got more assistants now it's i think it's six of them in total wow a team of six yeah plus me seven of us yeah in there. and how many clients do you have wow so nfl wise i'd probably say like 900 to a thousand 900 yeah in the nfl then you have probably major league baseball nba formula one ufc like you name it we've wow. worked with them that's impressive with a team of six. Yeah, basically. In it. So how many shoes do you think you do a week as um, a team? Well, the thing is that my – so what happens with my assistants is they don't really do the work as far as design process. What they do is before you can actually paint a shoe, you have to really prep the shoe. So there's a lot involved, taking off the shoelace, taping it up, acetoning it. And then after the artwork is done, there's a lot more that goes back into it. So you have to do touch-ups. You have to lace it up, take photos, shipping labels, all that boring stuff. Right. That's where they assist me because I realized that a lot of my time was going into the, the prep work and then the finalized work, which really I needed to be in the middle. So now I'd say in a week, anywhere between 50 to 80 pairs a week. You have like a, a warehouse or something you do this from? So my tire company is a 22,000-square-foot warehouse of oh, which I, like I have this. a hidden shoe. Thing inside, that. so nobody from the outside, you just think it looks like a tire warehouse. That's amazing. It's yeah, like it's a speakeasy shoe shop. It's the way it is, man. Because it's good. If we had a retail, if you had front, a bar in the back, you're fucking in oh, the business. I'd be making good money there. Yeah, just <laughs> let me know. Hit me up. We'll Let's talk after. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is it's. <laughs> I I just love the story of how it went from one guy, Nolan Carroll, of all people. I I remember the Nolan Carroll years. Obviously a big Dolphin fan, so I remember. And Cam Wake is one of my favorite players ever. Mine too. Yeah, yep. he's a beast. Um, such a great dude too. Yeah. But then now to have six assistants working in the back of a tire shop and have how many clients again? In the N- NFL? NFL, like nine hundred to a thousand. Nine hundred to a thousand. Yeah. And how many pairs do you think each one of them get? Average. Wow. Um you have some guys that get four or five, you have some guys that get twenty, twenty five. So I don't know, five, ten pairs each one, maybe. It's, yeah, it's impressive. Like, and nobody, none of these guys, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's an that, average of like 7,000 shoes. I'd say a little bit under that, maybe 5,500, 6,000, more or less. Still a lot of shoes. It's, it, it is a lot. It's, it's a lot of shoes. It's a lot of man hours. So the design process. Yeah. Is this something that they give you an idea and then they just let you go with it or you have to, or they, um, you say, this is our idea. You submit it to them. They say this is good, and then you just go. So, As someone who has twenty five shoes—that's a lot of designing. Well, here's the thing with it. So, 
I never really have an artistic background, so I'm not good on the computer when it comes to digitally mocking stuff up. So I've never done mock-ups. The only way I do it with people is I'll give you one of three options. And typically, it always falls under one of these anyways. The first one is like what I call the Ikea, which is when somebody literally says, I want my toe pink. I want this purple. I want my girlfriend's name in yellow. Like, they give you instructions. Oh, no shit. It's the easiest one to do. It's the most not fun, but it's the quickest for me. Then you have the guys that are like, hey, listen, you worked with Chug. You know, I want a shoe like his. I want something to match my Miami Dolphin uniform. Those are easy because I just do whatever I want. And then the ones that I personally like are the ones where you'll jump on a FaceTime, Skype, one of these things for five, ten minutes, and I'll just pick their brain. Like, what is it they like? What are they thinking? And then yeah. we'll bounce ideas till we land on something that makes sense. And those are the best ones because you get to hear a lot about a guy that you had no idea about. Like, you think you know a player, and then you have these conversations like, wow, I would have never guessed this quiet guy wants this crazy loud shoe or vice versa. The loudest of people wants this mellow, subdued, don't make it look custom type of style. Total side story. We just talked about this before we started recording, but I have a custom pair of shoes not done by Marcus. A guy in uh, in North Carolina did shoes for a friend of mine that owns uh, U.S. Uh, a burger place, uh, United States Burger Service. That one, <laughs> and they're uh, the only burger apparently, according to Burger Beast, that's better than mine. So they do good work, and he posted this picture of this custom shoe and I was like it's super sick like so then I reached out to the guy and I talked to the guy and it was a lot like that it was a lot of like back and forth I sent him a bunch of stuff and he was like and I was just like listen you come up with some shit and then you let me know what you think yeah and it was I don't know like I love my shoes but I got my shoes to never wear them I made my shoes because I am not an NFL player so I can't (laughs) afford to wear those shoes uh to put on a shelf and they're like they are what they are but it's interesting to see like there's uh, the way different way people work. You know what I'm saying? Like I sent Jax like just a bunch of different, a lot of our stuff yeah. that we had done in the past, and a lot of uh, kind of like inspiration. Like this is what we do. This is who we are. This, and then he was like, "All right, I'm going to try to make this into shoes." And he actually like, I mean, you saw the shoes; they're yes, super gorgeous. sick. But from an artist standpoint, it's interesting because everyone just works in a different way, right? Yeah, 100%. Especially, like, if someone's dropping, like, 30 shoes on your lap and then they have different ideas for all the shoes or, like, they want 50% of the shoes to just be, like, different color coordinated and then they want the other 50% to be, like, more of an artist tip or whatever. It's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's wild because the thing is a lot of these guys don't realize that they know what they want until you start picking at their brain. So it's like... Very similar to, I'm sure, what happened with you when you sent him all your stuff in your head. You knew you had an idea. He just took your idea and made it into actually something you could see. Um, yeah. It's the same thing happens to me. Like, I get it all the time where a guy will be like, listen, my son loves Paw Patrol. I'm like, all right, well, you play for the, you know, for the Washington football team. All right, well, I'll tell you what, let's take Paw Patrol, put him in a in a in an ex-Redskin uniform, and boom, there you go. Let's be politically correct. It's yeah. not the Washington Redskins anymore. It's, Washington it's the Washington football club football team. Team, I'm still stuck saying it. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's kind of the way it works. And it, and again, every artist has their own way spin on it. I mean, the core things are always the same, but we all have our own way. And, it, and it's funny. I still find it's hard for me to consider myself an artist, but people call me that now just because of what I do. And it's it's just it's fun, man. I'll, I feel like I'm a storyteller. You're you're telling me what you want, and I'll turn it into a story that people can understand on your shoes. You know, I've shown my shoes to a couple of people. Okay, right. And then they ask me what I paid for them. And then they're like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, it, to me, it was the same thing as buying a piece of art that was in a frame. Yeah. 
right? It's true. And that's, that's why I had no issue paying for that. And actually, I think that – and he's not – I hope he's not listening. But I think I, I got a good deal. No, you, you did. You definitely did. You know, like the amount of work that he put into that and like the detail in it and all that stuff. Like I've paid more for less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and, – and it's something that we talked about again before is that I don't think people understand the amount of effort and thought process that goes into any kind of like artistic creative thing, whether it be on a shoe or be on a plate or be on a canvas or whatever it may be. I mean, you're paying for somebody's talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. now it's your talent and six others. Yeah. It's, it, listen, the way I tell people is that, you know, if it's so easy, everybody would do it. Now, everybody can claim they could do it. Everybody can cook a burger. Everybody could probably throw a paint on no, something. No, they can't. They can't. But, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> but it's how good is this burger? Like, right. Is, is it something that you would feed your, you know, your, your significant other or something you give your dog? Yeah. Or is one, of just- my, one of my favorite chefs ever used to tell me, would you feed that to your mother on Mother's Day? Mm. And I was like, oh, probably not. deep. <laughs> so that was Norman. That was deep. He's like, would you feed this to your mother on Mother's Day? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Let me do it again. <laughs> Let me try one more <laughs> Let me time. do it again. Let me it's do true, it again. man. You, listen, at the end of the day, you're paying for experience. You're paying for all the trials and tribulations that this particular artist went through. Like, nobody picked up the brush or nobody picked up, you know, a fork and knife and knew what they were doing. They had to get trained or right. hard knocks, whatever you want to call it. And that's what you're basically paying for. At the end of the day, it is art. It's well, do you charge, like, by the hour or do you charge by the design? No, nah, I kind of charge, like, depending on design. Like, I don't break it down into hours because, I mean, I what I would say, I suffer from ADHD. So, it's like I don't, I don't work on one shoe at a time. I work on 15 or 20 at the same time. So, I can never right. really time it. But I just give them, like, a... Like, listen, this is where it's going to be in this range. And then, like, all right, we'll discuss the idea. Like, here's where we're at. And that's how it ends up. And it just – I tell people ahead of time I do the work, and I don't I, – I refuse to get paid until I'm done. And then oh, when yeah? I, yeah, I won't ship it to You're you, You're a though. nice guy. Oh, that's I, I all. Won't, I won't no, no, ship no, it to you. That's good. You. That's good. But that's I want to make sure that you feel like you got your money's worth. And the only way to really do that is by doing the work. Right. So once they ship me the shoe, like, I'll start working on it. If they don't pay, which, I mean, it's happened maybe once in nine years, I keep the shoe, so it's not a big deal. Once in nine years. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, I mean, when it comes down to that, like, again, people who approach me, like, are not, like, your average Joes in the corner for the most part. I mean, I still get regular people just like me and you, but mostly athletes. And I guess they're they're a different breed of people to deal with. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, you know, we played football for a long time, so it's always about, like, what gloves you have on, what color tape do you have, <laughs> how do you tape your cleats, how do you, like, what kind of, it's just, I remember it's it, vividly. You know, I literally tell people, I was like, football players, and I love them to death, are like little kids in kindergarten with a lot of money. Yeah. So, like, if you think about the decisions you made when you were young, you would blow it on stupid things. Well, these guys, like, imagine, if everybody can afford a Ferrari, what makes your Ferrari better than their, your neighbor? Like, oh, let me custom paint my Ferrari. Let me throw rims. Let me put TVs. I mean, so that's what they do with everything in life. But shoe, the shoe culture is crazy. Absurd. Absurd. And we just talked about it, too, before we came, whatever. Is this on air or recorded? What do we say? Do we say we're on air or we're recording? I mean, we're recording, but if it makes you feel cooler to say on air. Yeah. (laughs) Before we were on air in all 17 countries. See that? You added added three countries. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It'll be 20 by the end of the show. (laughs) Minimum. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We were talking about, like, the... um, I've never bought shoes, and I have, like, five pairs of nice shoes now, one of which is sitting on a shelf that I'll never wear, right? <laughs> yep. And the other four is just like, do I really want to spend 160 bucks? And then, like, when you start, like, digging in deeper, it's like they're selling pairs of Jordans for, like, 15 racks right now. It's yeah. like – it's crazy. 
it's, it's the it's the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. It is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, you know, and, and it's funny, and I laugh because, I mean, I get lucky. But what happens is a lot of my guys ship me 15, 20 pairs of these cleats. A lot of my guys are exclusive to Nike or Jordan where they get special edition shoes made, cleats made. And, you know, what? football players go through a million injuries. So if they hurt a toe, they can no longer wear that shoe. And that shoe sits on my shelf for years. And it happened to me recently is I, I started putting them up on eBay. Just because it's like, what am I going to do with this ex uh, player that played for the Washington, you know, at that time, Washington Redskins, football team. Washington football team now. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this ugly shoe? It's a Jordan. It doesn't even. I remember putting on eBay. I was like, ah, I'm going to put it up there for 1500 bucks. See what happens. Some fool bought it. And then the best part about this fool was I started looking at who is buying my cleats on eBay. Professional football players. All of them. And it, <laughs> I had come <laughs> I had had a conversation with my girlfriend, and we were literally, she's like, who buys this stuff? And I was like, now you'd be surprised. Like, football players, she's like, there's no way. The next 10 orders were football players throughout the league. Like, literally buying a regular cleat that they can't get via eBay. Wow. Yeah, and it's, and then they'll call me to paint it. On top of paying a ridiculous amount of money, they want to have it painted. By you. By me. They Again. Don't, yeah, it just it works <laughs> out. Again. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know, the, the whole shoe culture thing, and it, and like I told you before, like I'm only going to dive into a shoe when I see it on a clearance. So Which I just got sense. some like nice Air Maxes that were 150 bucks for seventy dollars. That's my game. That's, hey, that's, listen, but that's a good game though. That's, that's my game, <laughs> and I'm all about it, and I'll never change, right? But some of these, I don't know. It's I have a friend of mine, actually a former uh, Pancom podcast alum, Brett Sawyer. His sous chef or business partner, Vince started a company that he would buy Jordans mm-hmm. and then put them on StockX. Oh, wow. And the same thing with, like, all the Supreme gear. Yeah. He'd buy it, put it on StockX. And, and, make- it, and I talked to him, I don't know, probably like a month and a half ago, and he was like, man, I'm raking it in. It's it's absurd. Raking it in. And you know what's crazy? Like, the Supreme shit is like underwear for, yeah. like, $300. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, it's, just, Listen, it's I, the most random shit. I know that when I saw it for the first time a Subway card with fucking Supreme on it, and it sold for $1,500. The New York City subway, they did a collab, $1,500 for a subway card with no money on it. And people pay it left and right. And it's just, it's the culture, it's these kids. Listen, as a kid, my parents, I was on a very strict allowance, if that, and I had very strict. Al- yeah. These kids now buy a Jordan a week, and it's like they cry if they don't get a second one. No, no. I, I remember I bought my first pair of Jordans off of one of my former sous chefs that bought it, and it didn't fit him. <laughs> and he was like, I just need to get rid of this for like 180 bucks, And I'm like... All right, okay, I'll do it. And then he, but he, for him to get the shoe, he entered into a raffle. Holy crap! To get the shoe, and it was like he had to put money up. And I remember he told me this whole story, and I was like, "Man, that's crazy." And he was like, "It just doesn't fit me." And I was like, "I'll buy it. Fuck it." Yeah, that's it. But to see like the how that the only time I've ever paid a stupid amount of money, I was in L.A. in one of those like second round stores. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it was a Supreme, you know, like how they do collabs with, like, Janet Jackson or Mariah Carey. Okay. And they did one with Sade, and they had my size. And I was like, yo, but it was 350 bucks. <laughs> but it was Sade. So I thought it. about it. <laughs> and then I look over it. I look at my fiance, and she's like, no. Then I'm like, fuck, man. Pop. I was like, I thought about it, though, because it was Sade. But yeah. other than that, I would have never done it. Yeah, but listen, you know, it's funny. Good for your fiance, because it happens to me. <laughs> It happens to me all the time. Like, I'll find myself looking at stuff, and I'm just like, man, I really want that. Now I realize that, all right, do I really want it? Because that means if I want it, I got to buy two. So it's like you got to buy one for you and your significant other. 
right. or you get the quick like EY like nah you don't need that but if you buy two it changes the whole story but she's have she has to be a fan yeah so it, it, I found myself like holding back a lot of times because it's one thing to spend 200 bucks it's another thing to spend 400 bucks and oh, it's yeah. just like yeah do we really need nah it's cool just let it go but if it's on clearance then it's only then 150 bucks then you got two for one and yeah. it's, like, it's a great story yeah Clearance is a big thing for me. I'm all I'm, I'm a sucker for the sale rack. One hundred and fifty percent. That sounds like a whole other episode. Just oh, yeah. talking talking sale racks with yeah. with Mike. <laughs> I don't. I may need this one day. It's like some weird kitchen tool that I'll never fucking use. Well, you want to laugh about sale racks? So, I had heard through the grapevine that Ross and Marshalls and all these stores would buy out NFL teams' cleats at the end of the year. So I was like, ah, let oh, me yeah? just, yeah, that's what I heard. This is years ago now. And I went in one time. And so, you know, you, you always go to Ross and stuff like that. And you see like size 17 and like, who the fuck wears this? So I ended up going one time and I must have bought out, I don't know, 20, 30 pairs. $10, $6, $3. I, I, I mean, it was a joke. It was under 100 bucks for like 20 pairs. And I remember that next season, I sold all of them. Every single one of them for 100 bucks. To my same athletes, I couldn't get last year's model anymore. So, Ross, you'd be surprised if you sleep on it. I mean, I found sneakers in there by accident. Not looking for them. Yeah, just yeah. going in there looking for a size 16 cleat for somebody I needed. And then I see my size shoe, and it's like, bro, I remember the shoe coming out. I couldn't get it. Now it's here for 49 bucks. And yeah. like, all right, it's mine. Boom. There's stories of, like, people finding rare Jordans that are worth, like, five or six grand in yeah. Marshalls. Big time. And then the other one is the gold. I, I mean, this never happened to me, but people that go to Goodwill. Sometimes, like, somebody will pass away, and then they just take everything, and you'll find some gems in Goodwill. When you dive into sneaker, because, you know, it's in the odd hours of the night when I just can't sleep, and I'll just dive into, like, sneaker culture. There's, like, a whole sneaker culture also for the run-down, beat-up fucking shoes. Have you seen that? Yeah. Dudes will pay for, like, Jordan 1s, like, three grand that have been worn, fucked up, beat up, put in the shitter, and then cleaned. And then sold to you for like four grand. Because they bought it in 1989. Right. And they paid $90 back then. And they wore the shit out of it. But you can't find the shoe anymore. So it's kind of like a vintage car. But they don't care how good it looks. Like It's, it's almost not a vintage better. car. It's not a vintage car. Well, that's, that's, not they, that's, that's how they treat them. That's, subject, they, man. that's not how they treat them, man. I'm I know. That's but it's like them. a beat up shoe. It's been all. I don't know. That's just. I When I looked at that, I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense to yeah. me. And people paying big fucking money. Well, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I would have kept every sneaker I owned from way back when in the 80s. Because now with the comeback of these dino stompers that they have like that I can't stand, I said, bro, I would have sold all my 1980 shoes and made a huge profit. No, but the, all, you know what? It's everything with like style and fashion. It's all like a circle, right? It's all going to come back and then people are going to care about it again. And then it's like, and even if it's ugly. Even shit that's ugly comes mm-hmm. back and it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, oh, that's no, still not cool. It wasn't cool then. It's not cool now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we're hoping for the best, but this shit's not working out. And people are just like, no, yeah, it's cool. And I'll pay fucking big money for it. Yeah. Like, listen, all it takes is one little celebrity influencer oh, to yeah. rock this shit. And it's like, man, I remember those celebrity biker shorts. Influencer. When, you're, when, you're, when your mom or your grandma would clean the house in the 80s and they had like the biker shorts type of thing and it was disgusting. And now it's like you see these girls wearing it out with a bra, and that's a nice outfit. And yeah, I'm no. Just like, what is this? They're doing it. They're doing it big. No, you're not. You still look. No, you still look like an idiot. You st- <laughs> exactly. You still look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So now the season's almost over. What happens after that? Well, wow. I mean, for for the average person, season's almost over. Like I'm midway through the swing of things. So right now, this weekend, we have my cause, my cleats with the NFL, which is every athlete gets to pick a charity foundation. 
and we do shoot for it. So I got about 350 guys this weekend alone rocking my stuff. And then you lead into the playoffs. And if you 350 make a, guys? Yeah, this weekend. That's amazing. It's it's been it's incredible. It's been six, seven weeks of seven days, seven days a week, 20, 22 hours a day. It's nonstop. It's it's the craziest time of year for me. And it's now going to, you know, it won't slow up because what happens is when you make a playoff and, you know, now it's like a third of the league or whatnot. Right. More guys get customs for the playoffs since they're on prime time versus like your right. average team. So it kind of balances mm-hmm. out. Then you work your way to Super Bowl. Super Bowl is beginning of February. Then you got spring training and baseball, which happens in March, April. And then you have basketball that overlaps this. So you get basketball. I've got some hockey guys in there now, too. Hockey? Yeah, everything. Soccer now. MLS has jumped in for me. It's it's literally one thing after another. So the only real time I have off is for like a week or two in February after Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, before spring training kicks in, which typically I don't have it off because the baseball guys, are they have 160 games, so they'll send you 50 pairs. And it's like, I need one every three games. And it's like, all right, and you better not miss a deadline. Whoa, 50 pairs? Easily. Like how, I many, have, how many baseball players do you have? It's hard to say. I would say last season with the whole shortened season, Oh yeah, maybe a couple hundred, like 150 or 200, but not all of them do that. Like Some guys will wear one a month. Some guys will wear one every two months, one or only special occasions, Mother's Day, Father's Day. But some guys are just like, depending on how crazy yeah, how they big are. their contract is yeah that's the other one yeah depending how big their car or how new the money is right um because as soon as a guy sends a big deal the next thing i know is i get a phone call it's like hey every game i want a pair and it's it's happened before wow and they play 162 uh, games. 162 games so imagine i love it i love when that happens like you just yeah bought, no that's <laughs> good for you <laughs> you bought me a car right? <laughs> I, appreciate <laughs> I appreciate it but it's it's cool it's it's fun but it, it's very stressful and it's very like you have to you know, I've, I've really prided myself on obviously one of one and then never missing a deadline. So I've never missed a deadline in nine years, which is hard because sometimes you'll get that phone call on Friday night from a Dolphin player. It says, we play on Sunday. I need my shoes. And it's like, oh, you're calling me at 10 o'clock on a Friday. And I have this bad habit of not being able to say no. Yeah. I just up the price thinking that that's going to say no for me. And it doesn't because I forgot that who I'm dealing They're with. millionaires. Yeah, they don't care. Right. Like I'm thinking, ma, it's a lot of money. They're thinking, all right, get my shoes. So... It happens. It happens all the time. So you just sometimes you'll have to mid mid dinner and be like, all right, after dinner I gotta go to the studio and work six, seven, eight, twelve hours. But isn't it, it interesting? Because we're both former athletes. Like, there's a good chance that people will never see their shoe. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's half the time. I always tell people like, I do this shoe, and it's like, I mean, football is not basketball where there's five guys, cameras focused on you. Right, right. There's eleven dudes. And if you play D-line, like, you're in the middle of this mob. Oh, yeah, you don't yeah. even see anything. You're, you're not the sexy player, wide Trends receiver. Bullies. Yeah, you're not getting replayed on the end zone for a te- catch. How many old linemen do you have? A lot. Do you really? Yes. Offensive linemen? Yes. Big, I'm shocked by this. Big, big old country, 6'5", 300 pounds, size 18 shoes, like, you won't believe. Really? You would not believe. Put it this way, I had 350 guys from my calls, my cleats. At least 100 of them are old linemen really yep because it's the one time they get to shine and then what happens is once you pop you don't stop type of thing so once i get them once in the mic calls my cleat situation the next season i got them literally the whole year every every game like wow. i have a i have one guy in particular i love him to death morgan moses plays for washington football club coincidentally i've been doing his shoes every week for six years every week offensive lineman i mean thanksgiving day he had shoes with a blunt on it legit blunt on his shoes i love this guy i don't even know who this guy yeah. is I he's love a great him. dude he's a, he's a great dude and yeah he's a big old teddy bear but he's like 6'6 350 pounds and he wears a size 16 jordans and we always every week like clockwork need something 
crazier. And this week we're doing uh, six animal prints on his shoe. Like zebra, leopard, python, a whole bunch of stuff. And he wants it all with a white base. So it should be interesting. I would never guess an O-lineman would want this. Nobody would. I, I mean, I didn't think. I thought it was going to be DB, wide receivers, DBs, DBs wide receivers, maybe linebackers. Yeah. O-line. Maybe linebackers. Outside linebackers. Yeah, you'll get like – so now it's like – now I got quarterbacks in the mix. Like I literally – one of my – I mean, one of my dear friends at this point is Drew Brees. I, I had a project with him with USA like four years ago. I did a pair for him. He had never worn customs. And I met him. We, you know, we did some filming together. I did his shoes, and he was blown away. Next thing you know, I had a package from him with 20 pairs. And I've been doing Drew's shoes for like two and a half years now. I could have never guessed that Drew Brees had custom you shoes. You would never imagine. It's like we were on a conversation yesterday. And even though he's not even playing this week, but he wants custom Air Force Ones to wear on the sideline. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is probably the most shocking thing of this, that there's old linemen <laughs> that want custom shoes. Yeah, man. Listen, old linemen make great money. Like they're crazy. Oh, I'm not doubting that. But that I'm great- just saying, like, you know, I'm, again, we played like the, it's always the DBs. I always go back to the DBs. Yeah, I mean. The DBs, the wide receivers, the running backs, right, that they want the extra tape. They want the, the arm wristband. sleeve. Yep. They want the fucking thing. They want all the things. And then the linemen are usually the people that just don't give a fuck. Well, but see, apparently things change when you have millions of dollars. They have changed because I got to tell you this, like. Back when we played football, positions had numbers. So you couldn't be a number nine as a D end. Right. Nowadays, college changed that. So now you have these guys playing defensive tackle wearing number two. Yeah, number five. So, I always wanted to wear number five. I always wanted to wear number four. I always couldn't. wanted to wear number five. But now think about it. So the guys that are doing that, like they're style divas. And, and it's cool because you look at them, they, got, they look like DBs, just a lot bigger and a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, and that's, it translates into the pros when you get paid. And then when you get paid, you just start doing things you probably never did before. And I that's know, where I get them fun. It's freaking great. I mean, it's fun. And I get it. Like, I understand it. So now, I mean, what's – like, how many athletes do you have all around with all sports? Thousands. I, I, at least 1,500 to 2,000 minimum that I can think of across everything. Because now I, I got into the game of, like, corporate stuff. So, like, I'm – Working with Microsoft, Amazon, Hyundai, like it's Good just move. it's it's literally That's a smart move. And it wasn't even me. Like they approached me because they saw so many athletes wearing my stuff and so many big names that they just figured, all right, this is the cool like the sneaker culture is taking over. How can we get involved? And you have people like Microsoft, and it's just like for a Super Bowl, they'll fly you out and they'll have a competition at the NFL Experience thing where they let fans design something that a player in the game is gonna wear. The week of, and then we pick a winner together. They fly me out there like, all right, Mark, this is the winning design. Custom painted live in front of thousands of people. And then, oh, by no the way, pressure. no, oh, it was the craziest time of my life. It was a round table. I've never seen one of these things. And literally I was sitting there and it was rotating and there was people at all times around me with cameras and you couldn't mess up. And next thing you know, I finish the shoe. The shoe gets literally taken from me to the player. The player wears in Super Bowl. So nine years it's been? Nine years. What's next? Wow, great question. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just rolling with it. Like whatever comes in, comes in. Like it's one of those things where I have so many ideas I would love to do, um, but I've been blessed enough to where they just keep falling on my lap, and it just expands the business in this way, that way. So there's no real set path. It's kind of just been go with the flow type of thing. Well, I mean that's a good plan. Going with the flow is a good plan. Yeah, listen, as long as the flow is flowing, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, right. As long as things keep flowing, <laughs> yeah, it's we're like, in a good direction. Have you felt, and I guess, because this year for sports has been interesting, you've yeah. had to have felt a little bit of a 
Glitch in the Matrix, I guess? No, definitely. Oh, so what happened is when this whole thing went down, what, February, March, when it started to go down and they oh, yeah. canceled sports, it was just like, all right, well, what do I do now? Luckily for me, I, like, I have a backlog of three to five months of work. So I was like, all right, you know, what better time than to get up to date than now? So that's what I did. People that had been waiting and regular people that were waiting, you know, just to get the shoes. I really banged them all out one by one. And right when I was finishing that thing, sports came back. And then imagine you have a, a baseball player that's supposed to play in, let's just say, March, April. Now he's coming to start a season in July. He's itching to get custom stuff. And that's it. literally every customer they used to do two or three was now doing five or six. And that led me to get back to where I'm at now. And now it's this has been the craziest year yet. Even though, even though COVID hit, and even with all the stuff going on in the NFL, where canceling games left and right, guys don't care. Like they're just still all about well, it. Well, the NFL actually ha- is has not canceled a game yet. They Delayed have them. moved. Yeah, moved. Them. We had a game today at 3:40. I don't know who won this, but listen, I'm gonna tell you, there's gonna be a time in the next couple of years where you were gonna have football four or five nights a week, and we're all gonna love it. Oh, our, our wives, our wives are gonna hate it. Last, I mean, last year there was football on during the season. Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I'm totally OK with it. I'm OK with it. I mean, I think every male fanatic loves it. Right. It's the female has to don't. Right. And it's like now in December is when they start giving the Saturday games. And the next thing you know, you got college football in there and you throw in the bowl games. There's football every night a week. And there's you know, what's interesting is just going to that like being a fan. I'll tell you that the first I'd say the last maybe like 10 years of my career, I couldn't enjoy football like I did before mm. because the work, I mean, I, I work when everyone else is watching things, Yeah, you know? So it's interesting, like this is the first year that I've actually like etched out time to like, I'm going to, my Sunday afternoon, I'm going to watch football. Good for I you. I may be at work watching football in my office, but You're still- I'm still watching the game and it's... The kid in you always really, like, enjoy – like, I enjoy the same things as I did, you know, fucking 25 years ago yep. about the sport. It's really it's, – it's one of the more enjoyable things, even when growing up. And I think when you play, as long as we played, that you enjoy it even more. Yeah. No, you, you understand the sport even more. Yeah, you, you have a greater appreciation to it. And obviously, all of us wish we could play until we're 50. But, you know, eventually you fall off the totem pole. You don't make the little pyramid to the top to the NFL – and you can appreciate the guys that make it there because you know the amount of work. Like if you were an athlete, you know the amount of work that takes behind the scenes that people do not see. And it's and it's funny you say that about work. Like you know you have to carve out time because it's like you love football, yeah. but you love you love your profession too. And at the end right. of the day, one of them pays the bills, the other one doesn't. And it's like it's one of those things you have to find a happy balance. But at the same time, it's you know you got to do what you got to do type of scenario. What you just said was interesting, and it's one of like my biggest gripes with like regular sports fans that mm-hmm. have never played a sport. Mm-hmm. It's like that guy sucks. Let me explain something to you. This guy, do you remember the stat? And Because they said it to us a million times when we were in high school. There's something like stupid, like 20,000 high schools that play football. Yeah. There's only 340 colleges mm-hmm. that play football. And then there's only 30 teams in the NFL. Yeah. So when people always ask me, they're just like, you know, you played college football. Like, where'd you play? I was like, I played Division Three. Yeah, me too. Oh, play division three i'm like yeah i played division three i'm fucking proud of that shit yeah hey listen you make it that far it's it's great right and then on top of that like the guys who played division three like i played against pierre garçon okay he yeah. played for the washington football team yeah yeah um 
I played against him when he was at Mountain Union, and yep. then to watch the success he had in the league, like anything is possible. One hundred percent. Like it, it's crazy. Football is one of those things that if you're talented, you're talented, and you're just going to find your your role, and you're going to find your space, and you're just going to fucking crush it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Listen, that's the thing. Like you said, like if you if you've never played football, you don't know what it takes to play football. And then obviously the the further you make it, I was a D three kid too, and it was like I loved it. Listen, I just stopped growing. That's why I always tell people I didn't make it higher, but. I, I loved it, and I would if, I, if it was up to me, I would have kept playing D, D3 football if I was allowed to. Yeah. I had I had no business playing college football. I was the shortest. I was the slowest, <laughs> right? I was the slowest. I was just the smartest also. Well, they, see, that's what happened. See, I was a, I was confused for a jock when really I was a smart kid in school, so that's why I got into this D3 it's school. not the smart kid at school. I was a smart kid on the field, but yes. Oh, I'm no, no, listen, listen, that's another story. <laughs> I just still think they let me in because I was the only Cuban kid in yeah, school. Was, I was the only one. They hung another flag up in the cafeteria, but I always I tell was, people. I was the first Miami recruit. That I, I rem- I'll never forget that. Just the first Miami recruit, and they used me to get so many other ones. Yeah, the same thing happened here. So where did you go? Case Western. Oh, Case Western. Yeah, where, where oh, do you go? Ohio? Ohio, Cleveland. That's right. Where do, you go, where do you go to school? Uh, Averett University in Virginia. Okay. It was like the fourth year of their existence, <laughs> right? And they were dreadful, like so bad. So were we. Yeah. And um, fucking, I was the first Miami recruit. There was a couple other Florida recruits, but yeah. they, man, they used and abused me. They were just like, yeah, we got a, we got a great kid from Miami. <laughs> you should just come down, talk to him. And they, they would just put all these Miami kids with me. Oh, and I would just be like, I don't, what do you want me to do with these kids? I don't fucking understand it. It's especially in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, what do you want me to take them on a visit to where? Yeah. <laughs> like to where, where to Applebee's? Like, I don't fucking understand. There's nothing to do here. Oh man. But if you really love playing the sport, then, you know, you, you do whatever, but it, it was one of those things too. It's like, you're from Miami, so you should be fast, apparently, <laughs> yeah. right? Which I didn't fit that bill. Nope. Uh, you should be tall, which I'm also not that, and you should be athletic, and I'm also not that. <laughs> and you then just I got was, lucky. Yeah, I was like, listen, I'm Cuban. This is uh, we're short. We're not athletic. Nope. Unless we play baseball. Yeah, and but is, then you're still not athletic. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't look athletic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it was an interesting time, but you know. Those I think that those years really like etched out the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's one thing I realized when I was in college. Well, at the time, I didn't realize it, but I realized that you know, football and sports in general just give you a sense of teamwork and camaraderie that you can't get outside of sports. And it's the number one thing I always tell people: like, play on a team, even if you suck, play on a team. Yeah, because it'll take a lot out of you to be that bench warmer that you don't play, but you'll gain respect for yourself and your teammates gain respect for you. I rode the pine behind you guys. The whole, my all, my whole junior year. Hey, listen, I, I rode the pine behind the guys in front of me. It's right. Just, I, I didn't I didn't sniff the field, <laughs> not one time my junior year, and but you know I mean that's just how it worked. I mean we had a great team my yeah. junior year. We were we had a great D line. Yeah, we were fucking we were good. So you just wait your turn. Yeah, and I listen. started all ten games the next year. That's what happens. See, and and I ended up going to college because of that. Because let me tell you, if it would have been for my grades, I definitely would have gone to college. Oh, for fucking man. sure. <laughs> Oh man, listen, it's it's the way it is. It takes a lot out of you and it's it's easy to quit. And I mean listen, we we were on a football team that didn't cut you. We were on a football team that you quit and you left. Like right. you didn't we didn't cut so we started with 120 people at the beginning of the year and midway through you phased out. You got yeah. you cut the fat and it was just you were down to sixty of us. And some of those sixty that like you said didn't play and we were all in that predicament. There was I mean, there was years where my sophomore year I was on varsity, I didn't special teams if I was lucky. And then junior year, a little bit more. But seniors, when it, it all came together for me, that's when I got my offer. But listen, at the end of the day, sports is amazing. And it, it builds so much character. Who was the starting D-line your senior year? 
So Jared was was uh, Jared no, was Jared Riley. No, Jared. Oh no, that was when I was a junior. He was a year older than me. Sophomore. That's right. I was yeah. I was a sophomore. You were he a sophomore. Was, he was he, a monster. He was guy. a big dude, man. Monster. Was... I wrestled against him, and it was unfair. Oh. We wrestled every day against each other, and it was unfair. Yeah. Last I saw him, he was like a bouncer somewhere at the bar. I think. Jared. Yeah. Years. I haven't ago. seen him in twenty years. Well, it's been at least ten years for me, and he was a big old bouncer. Looks the same. Big old <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. We had a. And I mean, my senior year, we had. And it's funny because I've come across some of those guys I played with. And they're teachers and they're professionals. And it's just funny because I remember, I was like, who gave you a job? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I, it's, what's crazy to me is all the, the guys that I played with and now are back at Columbus, like, teaching yeah. Yeah. and, like, uh, advisors. And I'm like, yeah. who are you advising? <laughs> I don't understand. How are you advising kids? I remember what we did when we were here. Listen, my, uh, my freshman coach is now the principal. And I remember that guy. Pew. Pew. I was like, there's no <laughs> way you're going to. advisor. Yeah, man. And it's like now he's the principal of school and he's super respectable, great dude. And I'm like, bro, I can't take him seriously because yeah, I remember him his freshman year. Like his first year was my freshman year. But, hey, I mean, listen, you know, to them, give them all the credit in the world because obviously. Your, your uh, senior year was Dunn's last year. My senior year was Merritt's first year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so which yeah, it was interesting because we got stuck with that. Yeah, all the stuff that. you got, like you built up, you know, respect with the coach, and then he leaves your senior year, and it's just like, bro, I got to start again with this. Then he guy. comes back and wins the state title. Yeah, how do you like that? First year back, fucking a, good for him. Yeah, though. Damn it. Yeah, oh. no, I know, good for them, but still, but shit, it's like, damn. But you know, Merritt was great to me. I, he was a great dude. Uh, Dunn was good to me too. So like, they were just good coaches. But it just sucks like, again. But it happens in life. Like. You could be building your way up the corporate ladder and the, the president gets fired and a new guy gets in there and you were stuck or yeah. vice versa. That's why I always tell people it's your work. Yeah, it's always. Not, I mean, it's important knowing people and creating relationships, but your work will always tell the story. 100%. 150%. And there's political aspects to everything. There's political aspects to high school football. There's political mm-hmm. aspects to college football. There's all of it. Yeah. But if you're that good, they can't fucking ignore you. That's and that's just period about life. If you're that good, people cannot ignore you because you will always fucking be there. Period. The problem is we live in a society that people look sideways. People want to see what their neighbor's doing. Why uh, is this people, guy? People look to social media. The social oh. media influencer is always <laughs> what dictates, yeah. like, what's really good, you know, when it's not. When it's not. When it's not. It's not. Right. But it's like, you know, we just keep your head down. I always, I've always had this conversation with people. It's like, bro, stop worrying about the guy next to you. Like, let him do him. You do you. And at the end of the day, like, I, and it happens to me all the time in my business where – I'll have guys now with the accessibility to be able to reach it to an athlete via DM, and they'll offer their services for free. And it's like, I, luckily, I have a lot of loyal clients, but it's just like, I always sit there and I tell people, like, what are you doing? Like, do you think you're going to make a sustainable business by giving yourself for free? And I was like, let your work, like, do your work. Let your work speak volumes. And hey, listen, maybe you are a 10 times better artist than I am, but let your art do the talking, not right. your mouth. And right. These kids nowadays, unfortunately, don't realize it. They want to take an escalator and esc- or an elevator to the top floor, and it's like, bro, I took the stairs and fell down, and I'm still not even there, and I keep going up and down. I, I'm, I've, I'm a true believer in if you really believe that you want a thing, right, you will pay for the thing. Yeah. So if you really want a shoe done by Marcus or, like, the guy who did my shoe, Jax, like, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. It's, it's just the truth of it. And, like, I don't want – I honestly don't want a freebie because I'm – I'm here to support you. Like, that's how small business works. Like, I'm here to support you. Just like when you come here, you're not going to get, like, a free burger because it's just not the thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's always – I've never understood – this is part of why the the social media thing, like, takes it out of me so much because it's like the influencer thing. It's just like there's no freebies here. If you really believe in the thing, you're going to support the thing with money because that's the only thing that keeps the thing around. Correct. Period. So – you know, and 
in your work and in my work, there's a level of art involved. Yeah, 100%. Whether you want to call yourself an artist and I don't want to call myself an artist, like that's not what I do. I'm a craftsman. But like, you know, you got to pay for that. Yeah, you, like, you got to pay for those things. Listen, you don't you don't go like and I was, you don't go into a, a Ferrari dealership and get a free Ferrari. Like it doesn't work that way. Like you buy it because you know what I love a Ferrari. Right. And the same thing is like if you love my work and I, by the same token I'll come into a restaurant which I've been and I, listen I have no problem love to pay the tab because you know what I support small businesses right. and nowadays more than ever you need to support small small businesses because I, the- I I feel like it's we we give. As a small business person, you look at this thing and people always tell me, well, it's a new wave of marketing. Okay. I'm a true believer and I think you're an example of that. Marketing more than ever is word of mouth. 100%. Word of mouth, like people know when they come to area, they have a great experience, right? And listen, there's days of failure as well, but that's that's part of life. Listen, you know, listen, there's nothing wrong with failing. And I always tell people, like, you can make a mistake. And I've made a million of them. Mm. Every company I've ever had. But it's like, you'll get more respect out of somebody. You made a mistake. And I, listen, let me make it right. However it takes to make it right, they're not going to remember the mistake you made. They're going to remember how you fixed the mistake right. you made. And that, that's a lost a lost craft that I don't understand why. Because it's a customer service and experience. Customer service. That's number one. Like, your product can be amazing. And if you're an asshole... They're going to remember you being an asshole, not how good your burger was. But if right. they get a great experience, they love the burger, they love the people, that's what they're going to go home t- talking about. Customer service is like a big thing. I, I, customer service and hospitality to me are pretty hand-in-hand, hand, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to be hospitable in that customer service aspect. And, you know, I'm, uh, I have a good friend of mine that I'm helping him out with uh, restructuring his business. And one of the things that I told him, I was like, you need to double down because it's an expensive thing that he does. Yeah. And I was like, you need to double down on the customer service and experience aspect of it because you want that customer to feel good about spending the money that they're spending. So all the little things, people with money like all the little things like, you know, the extra email with a picture of whatever you're working on. So they know and it's like you care about them and you care about that their money is going into a good place that's going into a product that they're going to love. And that's it's something that I've tried to work on extra this year is how do we continue to make you remember me even when you're not here. So it's like, for example, a couple months ago when we did, you know, we do these tasting events every month. We asked people what their favorite thing was. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks later, they got a recipe with a thing from us. Yeah. Of that thing that they really enjoyed. And it's just that extra thing. And that maybe they'll be like, oh, man, I really love that. Maybe I'll go there for dinner tomorrow. Yeah. Those extra little touches have nothing to do with social media influencers and nothing to do with free shit online at all. At what all. they have to do is with connection and humanity, which, which is lacking in the world, which is lacking, in the, lacking is in the world. That is in the world, man. That is true. And it's sad, but it, it's, it's so true. You remember experiences. You remember how a place made you feel, believe it or not, or how a product made you feel. People don't understand that. It's just like, you're never going to be rich off screwing one person. But if you give somebody a reason to come back to you over and over and over, right. you could build a sustainable empire that way. Right. And that's that's literally what I focus on. Clearly, it's what you've done. And it's it's, it's the only way you get return business. You don't have to be everything to everybody. Nope. You have to be everything to a certain amount of people. That's it. And, you, and you know what? Don't outreach yourself because then you're going to look bad. Like, you right. know what? Only take on what you can take on. Like, there's no point in packing your restaurant 24 hours a day if you can only really service 12 hours. Because right. why? Because now those 12 hours that you could have done amazing work. You're doing 50% work. And those people are leaving upset, kind disappointed. Of. You know, they're leaving. 
food is an interesting thing, but they're leaving like, eh, you know, it was whatever. Yeah, it was but, uh, but that's like a very uh, normal thing in the city that they're okay with like whatever. Mm. That's just, and it's something that I fight every day because we shouldn't be okay with whatever. We should expect the best of everyone every single day. And that's part of being a professional. I, I, I agree, but it, it's, it's one of those things lacking, especially where we live. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, we're a victim of circumstance and, you know, our surroundings, unfortunately, but... Still I doesn't think mean. people have just been inundated and it's like normal for them. Mm-hmm. Dang. One another one? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. One more for him. Uh, Negroni for me and Grey Goose Soda with Lime. Thank you. Oh, Grey Goose Soda with Lime. <laughs> this guy is fancy. I just Listen. feel I feel like we're at, back at Tanja. That's no, a no. that's a new order here on yeah. Pumpkin Grey Goose Soda and Lime. That's back at Tanja. Listen, listen, if you knew my history, I was a screwdriver kid since <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> And I got off of screwdrivers maybe six years ago. This isn't this is recent for me. <laughs> this is upscale as I get. Like I was a screwdriver, and I'd always get that face because whenever I'd go to the bar with friends, with my girlfriend, with anybody, and I order a fucking screwdriver, like the face you get is like, "Are you twelve? Nah, nah. And I fine. and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I did a lot of that in college. It was great. And I grew. Listen, my grandfather gave me my first drink. I think at twelve or thirteen, at a fifteenth. And it was a screwdriver. And I held on to that for like wow, you did hold 20 on to that years, for a long man. Time. It, was, it was great. And now it's like, now I this is fancy for me. My uh, Petey, what's going on? Oh, man. Petey, you're out of control. Petey is... Uh, my grandfather gave me my first drink at like 8, and it was pinch, and I never drank <laughs> it again. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> room temp, or was it like cold? I, probably room temp. Oh. If I remember correctly. It was for you. No, you also drink Jack out of a red Solo cup. Yeah, but, but pinch, oh. pinch can be good. Yeah. Pinch is good. It's just you had it too young. That's not the age to give somebody pinch. Yeah, no. I the, I have a bad history with brown liquor. Oh. Mm. That's that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that We talked about that with Jason when he saved me from falling off the balcony. Right. That's right. right. You, we fell off, you almost fell off a balcony. I almost fell off a balcony, and Jason Hill saved me from falling off the balcony because I was throwing up from drinking too much Jack Daniels. Jesus, Jay Hill. This was – yeah, Jay Hill, which is now a coach at Columbus. Yeah, he's a coach. Um which was at Columbus during some formal was after some formal event, you know, you know how it goes. Hey, listen, you know, you remember. <laughs> it's choir, not just me head. here. Everyone <laughs> here went to fucking private school. Okay, everyone knows. Not at my fan. Everyone club. went to formal events. The president of my fan club did not go to private school, and she does not let me stop it. <laughs> stop it. Studio audience is causing havoc right yeah, now. See in the what back. I mean? You got to keep on the control. <laughs> <laughs> Just telling you. <laughs> so, I guess we could start to wind down. I want to. Uh, oh, here he comes. Throw in, throw in two questions. Pancom podcast Shoot. with Nick Jimenez. One of which was sort of submitted by Red via text now. during this during this conversation. Not, not this Red, the other Red, the other Red, the pretend yeah, Red. I got the it. other Red. Pink. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Pink. So the Red, the the quasi Red submitted question because I'm sort of paraphrasing. <laughs> I know that we talked about some of the athletes that you deal with, but in terms of like specific shoes, because I think there's some memorable shoes that people may not realize were were your work. So, so two part question: number okay. one, what are some of those shoes people might remember? And okay. number two, are there shoes that maybe people don't remember, but that you do, like that you're especially proud of? Wow, that's a good one. That's a good question, Red. Um, I think my number nice one, work, Red. My call to fame that that. First time I got on ESPN, um, I did gold shoes for Marshawn Lynch. Like, 
God, I love seven Marshawn years Lynch. ago. Man, he's the best. He, you know what? He's everything you think he is. Like crazy tangent story to answer you. So me and Marshawn get, you know, we crossed paths because I was doing a teammate of his or whatnot. And um, I remember him telling you we're going to play. I think it was the NFC Championship Championship game. At, I want to say it's the Cowboys before they, you know, made Super Bowl. And he's like, I want gold cleats. I'm like, all right, cool. Like he had gold bottoms. But he's like, no, no, but I want real gold. I was like, all right. So I went and <laughs> you wanted real gold? Real gold. So I ran there. I remember getting like 14 or 24 karat, like mixed into my paint. Gold leaf? Like yeah, it, it like was, it was like a gold leaf, but it was melted down so it looked pure. Oh, I man, sprayed these intense. things. It was it was wild. So, you know, what I normally do when I when I paint a shoe like that, I, I put it on my social media. So I, I did that on Friday. We and the game was happening a couple of days. I remember or let me rewind you a little bit. Like, Wednesday or Thursday of that week. So, I call Marshawn. I'm like, uh, yo, you want to see the shoes? Like, yeah. So, I FaceTime. Boom. I show him the, the shoes. And he goes, they wet. At the time, I didn't know what they wet meant. They wet's a good thing. So, he they wet. I was like, wet. And I was like, no, they're dry. They're, like, I, I dried them. Sir, these are dry <laughs> shoes. No. He goes, no, no, no. They wet. They wet. And I'm like, no, no. I promise you. Look, they're dry. And I remember on FaceTime telling you. He said, no, man. They wet. They, they bad. And I was like, but are they bad as in bad or bad as in good? And we had one-word conversations from there on out. And it was like, good. And I was like, but good? And he's like, yeah, yeah, wet. And I was just, that's how the conversation started with Marshall. <laughs> so I ship him the shoes. I mean, I take pictures of them, post them up. I get, I get phone calls within minutes. NFL Network, ESPN, hey, can we, can we steal your photos and talk about it? Yeah, no problem. Like, I'm a, I'm a pig and dog shit at this point. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, they take it, and next thing you know – uh, I get a call from Troy Vincent, ex-Miami Gaul. He was a president of the Players Association yeah. asking me about these shoes and the process. And I'm just thinking, man, this guy really wants to know. Marshawn calls me. Marshawn was upset as fuck. Not at me, just in general. So Marshawn got in a phone call saying that if he wore these shoes in that NFC Championship game, he was going to get a flag on every single play. Oh, man. For, you know, The violate- no fun league. Yeah, that's what it was at that point. And then, so sure enough, Marshawn being Marshawn wore them shits. <laughs> Wore them. Wore them. I love that guy. And got fined ridiculous amounts of money. And then he sent them back to me for the Super Bowl. He's like, retouch them up. Don't post them. All right, cool. So I retouch them up, ship them back to him. Is that the Super Bowl that they didn't give no, him? No, no, this is the one that they won. Okay, yeah. that they didn't the give him the ball? Yeah, okay. All the right. masses. Um, so he, he – and I'm like, at this point, all hell's broken loose. Because Martian's uh, walkthrough had him on. And then day of the game, Super Bowl, he's out there hours before in these fucking shoes. All of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up, like from TMZ to ESPN. Like, did you do them again? And it was just like, yeah, I did them again. Uh, so next thing you know, there's a photo that I have that somebody sent me. Um, they were going to kick him out of the game for wearing the shoes. No, they weren't. Yeah. So there's a photo I have so of shit. Pete Carroll talking to him before the game, literally like this. And Marshawn rips the shoes off and throws them because his dumb ass came out. And if you go back to the video in the, you know, the when they're announcing his name, he's running out in these gold fucking shoes. So that was probably the number one most shoe that put me on the map. Um, the other one that I enjoyed, there was another crazy story, was Conor McGregor. So when Conor McGregor fought oh, man, uh, Floyd that Mayweather, guy. that he is another fucking character. Jeez. So for people who don't know, boxers drop weight before a fight, right? So anybody who's ever been on a diet, you get grumpy, you get upset, you get bothered by anything. Well, imagine taking that diet and having to do it in six days. So he did that. Um, we had an idea. It was... Thursday fight week. I had the only shoe make made for his foot in my studio. I just painted it on the idea we agreed upon. 
Thursday, like at five, I get a phone call from his agent saying, Connor changed his mind. I'm like, about what? He's like, change the shoe. I was like, yo, I can't, the shoe can't be repainted. You know, I, I don't have time to ship it to you. He's like, I got you a plane ticket. Jump on a plane in the next two hours. Bring your whole studio with you. What kind of shoes were these? It was some boxing custom-made Reebok shoes. But the oh, yeah. situation. Reebok does nice, nice boxing shoes. Well, here's the thing about it. So, Connor was asking Reebok for a fuck ton of money. And when they told him, no, you have to wear it because under UFC law, like, you're a Reebok athlete no matter what. And he was his argument was on boxing. So, he said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll wear your shoes. So, then he hires me to cover up all Reebok logos. Like, to put his logo in front of Reebok so you couldn't sell. It's pretty funny. And that's how, that's how it went I out. I like so, that. I like so that. So, technically, he was wearing a shoe. So, I, I get flown out to Vegas Thursday fight week. And I get there. The room's not even ready for me. And I'm in his manager's suite. Set up shop. And he's like, all right, well, here's a new idea. So, I start painting. And I paint. Like, I wait. It's 10 in the morning. Everybody's waking up. And I just finished. We go to weigh-ins. Uh, tournament. Loves the shoes. Whatnot. But his whole fucking mind changed in 24 hours. Um, those would probably be the number one and two crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as shoes that I've done that have been memorable, like, man, I've had it, – it's it's hard because they're all like kids to me. So I've had a guy win a Super Bowl in my shoes all nine years I've been doing this. So those to Ooh, me were, were really cool. memorable. Um, and it's funny. The shoe I was going to bring and I left it on my kitchen counter. My first Super Bowl I ever made was Seattle. And that same Seattle one, My one of my first clients – he gave me his shoes after the game. It's one of my most prized possessions. He's he's a you know he's a smaller name guy. He's not even a big name guy, but it's just the fact that that shoe was in the Super Bowl my first year. They won. He signed it. It's one of my most prized prized possessions. Right. So that's a good question, Red. Good job, Red. Very nice good. work. Nice so, work. The uh, <laughs> the other question was, uh, and you you've kind of touched on some of this too, but talk a bit about how doing this has changed the way that you watch sports as a fan, right? Like when guys play fantasy football, then all of a sudden they're watching it through this that lens. Like are you are you suddenly rooting for teams that you hated five minutes ago because you did somebody's shoes? Guilty as charged. So my first year customizing was my first year somebody convinced me to do fantasy football. Oh, man. So year one, I didn't really have – You're a fantasy football guy? I was, no longer. Oh, okay. I, I'm no longer that guy. So it's too my, much. My year one, I did it. I was, you know, actually paying attention. Year two – I had a lot more clients. And then I found myself, like, in round three, picking people that I do work with, which I should not have been picking. So I quickly got out of that. Um, but, yeah, I find myself now, like, now I'm a, well, I'm a diehard Dolphin, and, I, you know, I always will be a Miami guy. Yeah. Like, I find myself being a fan of players. So I'll, I'll watch games and mean nothing. It's like Cleveland at Detroit on the most awkward time. But why? Because I at this point I have guys on every single team. So I'm rooting for those guys to – Either one, make a great play, or two, get on one of these instant replay where they keep showing my shit over and over, toe tapping on the line. So it's like, yeah, I find myself watching every sport, like every game of especially football, because I'm just rooting for that guy that's wearing my shoes that could be a special teamer for all you know. That's all I got. You want to do the I love Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is like one of my favorite football players of all time. He is. Our conversations (laughs) were. Were exactly what you would think they were. Like it was, it was the marsh, like the Martian you see where I'm just here now, so I don't get fined. Literally, that's the the guy I got on the text, guy I got on Facetime. Great dude, like really cool dude, um, but just different. Like he's built differently. <laughs> it was just I loved him about it. Like that was a that was a cool thing about him. Man, this is I I love all of this just because I love sports. So this is um, this is good sports information. Yeah, it's, it's funny. So you did Connor's shoes, but not Floyd's. No, I didn't. But it's funny because I've been in contact with Floyd's camp since. Uh, I mean, I think 
there's a comeback coming back. He's gonna fight again. Of course, he come is. on. He's he got. Is. He just wants more money. And, and honestly, Floyd is one of the best boxers of all time. Without it, with, I don't. No matter how much you dislike him, yeah. No, listen. He's one of the best boxers of all time. When you watch him box, he is fundamentally incredible. And that's the thing. It's fundamentally incredible. It's an amazing boxer technique-wise. But for the fan watching, he's not what you want to see. Because you want to see the Mike Tyson going in there and going crazy. Yeah, no, Floyd is a, he's a very perfectionist. But he's, he's a real boxer. That's the way that works out. Just like Nate Robinson. <laughs> Man, I have <laughs> stories like Nate Robinson. <laughs> I have to say, that expedition was absolute fucking trash. It was a joke. It was so bad. Honestly, Mike and Roy Jones Jr., obviously, they're fucking legends so even at 55 but roy was just running mike wanted to fight roy yeah no i mean if i'm fighting mike tyson i'm running for all two minutes too but that's your first mistake i would never get in the ring like you don't get it like you I don't want three million dollars no, listen man come on three million bucks maybe all right maybe all right three million maybe. bucks maybe. to fight the guy two minute two minute rounds and floyd's good at that i mean i'm sorry roy jones good at that I'm going to jab, and I'm going to move oh, he, far he, away. He, he was far running away. and then punching on the yeah, way out. Far away. And then just, I mean, Mike Tyson, even at 54, he, he still brought the fucking wood. It was bro, crazy. he would hit you one time, and it's like, man, how are you standing? I know, but the rest of the card was absolute trash. Oh, I didn't even see it. Like, I, I got lucky to find it on YouTube on some kid. This is fundamentally, and Nick and I have talked about this because Nick and I actually watched the fight together. Yeah. Fundamentally, my problem with the Nate Robinson, who is the Logan Paul, Jake Paul? Jake Paul. The, the YouTube sensation. Yeah. My problem with that is there are people that box their entire lives and are incredible boxers, but because of the politics of boxing, would never get the opportunity that that loser was afforded and that he made money on. Yeah. And people that, you know, could contend for belts, but the problem is that boxing is so fucked up that they would never contend for belts because they don't have money behind them. But you can't fault the guy for that. I can't. Why? Because I can. It's my right as a human being. I can't. Yeah, I guess. He's a loser. But it doesn't make a lot of sense. He's a loser. He's a, you know, it's all about the sensation, sensationalizing of social media. He's an entertainer. He's an entertainer and he got an opportunity to make more money entertaining people. He's a fucking loser. He's not a boxer. Don't parade yourself around as a boxer. I'm sorry. No, my thing is that let him parade himself until he feet, he. Fights a real boxer and oh, then yeah. see what happened. Then now, he, now he's he, talking he about wanting calling, to. Now he's talking about wanting to box MMA guys. Listen, even even Connor, even <laughs> Connor, one though. Which he, uh, specifically Connor McGregor? Yes, Connor. Even Dennis. though Connor's not a boxer, Connor would beat the shit out of that I guy. I actually, oh. I'm not a huge Connor fan, but I would love to watch. Oh, Connor I'm, a, beat I'm a fan. The shit. Oh, I'm a, listen, I, I, I'm a fan of Connor. I'm Connor a fan. I'm a Connor fucking, McGregor fan. You know what? Anybody who's willing, and I just loved watching Khabib fucking destroy Connor. Yeah, but but I can't, I don't hold that against him because Khabib literally every person who's been within he does it to it six he does that to he does makes to he makes every he's fought for how many times has he defended his title and he makes guys that are title contenders look like children like yeah but Conor's so, good that's but, why I like Khabib but, but nobody's looked better against Khabib than Conor McGregor yeah listen right. and Conor had a chance against Floyd which is crazy to think but there was that, I think it's sixth seventh round. He actually had him wobbling. I mean, come on. He had he hit him he, with a couple of good. You know, he's a wobbling. brawler. It's fine. And Floyd's not that guy. No. He's just going to fucking jab I mean, he, you to death, and he's going to he, fucking shoulder roll you to death. He went he, after the wrong dude first. He's going to make you frustrated and all those things. Red, you're leaving? Really? This is outrageous. Losing our studio audience, everyone. Gripe. We have, I have lost. A I have a gripe with Marcus. We have Marcus lost the interest of the crowd. Nine years ago, Wow. Marcus had 
done it like maybe like five shoes. And I told him, I go, oh, this is really great. He goes, yeah, man, I'll, I'll do your shoe. And I, I almost felt bad. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give you a hundred bucks or whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'll just do it for you. And I never took him up on the offer. Look I think the now. price went up. Yeah, oh, the price is going up. The price up. definitely went up, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you want, man. We're Whenever losing you our want. studio audience. Apparently, oh, we're no longer interesting. My dog. I got the golden doodle. Oh, the doodle. Those fucking doodles. The fucking God. doodle. Damn it. Oh, we were talking about Conor McGregor and uh, yeah, he's yeah. a big showboater. But Khabib, he's good. Conor, Conor McGregor. I didn't say he's bad. No, no, but he's 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 a, one of the all-time greats. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. It's just I, Khabib. You could dislike, Nobody knows what to do with Khabib. You could... Yeah, but you could dislike all-time greats. No, I, I'm not a fan know, of him yeah, personally. Person. I'm a fan of him as a fighter. No, ah. see, I'm a fan of him personally because he's exactly what Floyd Mayweather is, except Floyd is the best of the best in his sport. Like, there's no arguing him. Connor at one point, was the best. <sighs> right. At one point. But that time has come and gone. It's just, the, the, st- issue, the, the, the game cha- the styles are so be, varied, you, you can't sustain it like you can in boxing. No, the, like, the issue with boxing is that they are so scared to catch an L – that Floyd, I don't know if he would take, like, will Floyd fight Canelo again? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. can Canelo beat Floyd? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to it. And, like, Canelo can give Floyd a run for his money. He yeah. could. He could definitely give him a run for I, his money. I think the thing with MMA is that in boxing, you always know as a boxer that you're going into a boxing match. In MMA, it changes. You, it's you, a hybrid. You, yeah, you can be Conor McGregor and destroy five strikers in a row as you defend titles and then all of a sudden you have this wrestler that nobody's ever seen anything like this guy style just style wise nobody's ever wrestled like that guy yeah uh and then you don't know what to do with it yeah it's interesting but anyway ufc is a fun sport i box for fun do you box i box for fun yeah yeah it's uh i'd have to say that after the football thing like in my grown-up life boxing has been a great great thing for me mentally really yeah hmm. because i you know i spar once a week i box four days a week like it's been really good for me because i'm so used to like the team game and at least doing something like structure wise yeah the boxing does give me the structure because let me tell you i don't like to run no i don't like in my older age i don't like to lift weights <laughs> like i don't like to do any of those things so to stay fit boxing has been and not just that, like, you know, when you spar with guys and it's good, it feels like a locker room. But let me, when you spar, you got headgear on or is this? Yeah, like, headgear. Oh, I would say. I sparred yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what's, have you taken an injury, a face injury or body injury? Yeah, or? I'm actually shocked I don't have a black eye today because, man, that kid fucking, he fucking, he's good. <laughs> My sparring partner is good. He weighs a lot less than me. That's probably why he didn't, uh, why he, I don't have a black eye, but he's, he's good. Holy crap. Yeah, he's a little younger, so I think that he, is in this weird, strange space that he, like, wants to do a fight, you know, like a yeah. pro fight. But it's just, like, boxing, like, there's a bunch of pro fights. And yes. it doesn't make any sense. It's not – boxing's not the same, man. It's just – Eventually, on the show, we're going to have my neighbor, David Arvello, which is part of – what is he part of? First-round management. First-round management. Oh. And he can, he can give us much more background on all these things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if you are a boxing enthusiast – or MMA enthusiast, please look out for that podcast. Yeah, I do work with him. So Malky, the uh, the owner, like, yeah. the owner, he's a. I, I do work with him and all his NFL guys. Interesting sport they got over there. Interesting sport. I I know very little. I got into it for, you know, just like training. Yeah. Overall training, and uh, I just 
I love I love it. So when he happened to just move in next to me two months ago, I was like, this is great. That's badass. Yeah, this is great. I have someone to talk to about this. This <laughs> is great. So anyways, I guess we'll do the wind down. The wind down. So we're going to start with down. the parting recommendations. What we do at the end of every show is everybody recommends literally anything. Just I as long actually as it's not came your, prepared. You came prepared. As long as it's not your own stuff, because then after we do the Shit. shameless plugs, it can be a song, a movie that you saw. It doesn't okay. even have to be new. It could be a, a a song, a book, a movie, a dish that you ate, whatever at all. Anything, Shit. anything, anything. All right. Uh, do I have to start or one of you two going to start? You don't have to start if okay, you don't right. want I'm there. actually prepared, Mike's, so I'm Mike's ready, ready to start. Mike's Let's ready. Go. Let's do go. It. All right. So I was having a conversation with uh, Pancom Podcast alum, uh, Mario Obregon. Okay. And... We were just talking about music, and this was early in the morning, and then he sent me uh, an album. It's only five songs. I'm going to look it up because I don't remember the name. Hold on. Time <laughs> You're on. talking about uh, Chump? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know because you posted all five songs on your Instagram like four times. They were all – because they're all good. They're all good. Hold on. The album name is Chump, and the gentleman's name is Russ. And the song that Mario sent me is called Inside Job featuring DJ Premier. And the entire there's only one, five tracks, and all five tracks are very good. Really? And I was like, I'm a big music fan, hip-hop fan, as Spotify just told me today. <laughs> and um, this album is fucking really fucking good. Damn. Really good. So then my other recommendation, uh, I watched this show on Amazon Prime, a movie called Uncle Tony. Um, I watched it because the main actor is someone that I like. I'm going to look it up again because I don't remember. Man, you you forget a lot, man. Boxing's no, getting you, man. No, no. <laughs> Fuck that. I have six concussions from eight years of football. So get to, ten years of football. Those are the ones they told you about, too. Yeah. No, listen. Actually, it's called it, – did I say it's Uncle Frank? Uncle Frank is the name of the movie. <laughs> Uncle Frank um, – and the actor's name is Paul Bettany. It's about a guy that was born in the South. Okay. He finds out at a very young age that he's actually gay. Okay. His dad discovers that he's gay, and then he goes through this very tragic upbringing that his dad hates him. And just the, the, the movie itself is done incredibly well. The production is incredible. The storyline is incredible. And just the story itself, how it unfolds, is very good. Hmm. For an Amazon movie, it's probably the best Amazon movie I've ever seen. And it was just like one of those things that it's like, I'm up too late. I'm going to watch something. Yeah. And usually I'll change what I watch four or five times, but this one caught me. And it was just like, it was really good. It was extremely well done. And he crushed the role. Um, it was just, it was great. Great. So I recommend, cool. those are my two recommendations. So I'll do I'll do mine. I also have two recommendations. They're both podcasts. Uh, the first one, I think that I recommended something or just the podcast in general last time. Redacted gentlemen. Redacted gentlemen. The God. most recent episode. Are they paying for ads on here? They're or not. What? They're not. God. Uh, Damn it. The most recent episode, which I have not even listened to, but that I am excited to listen to. So the redacted gentlemen, for those who don't know, are is, they in seventeen countries? Twenty at least. They're, he's he's in he's uh, they're both spies so <laughs> they got to be in that many so they're hosted by uh, one of the two hosts is John Falco who owns Lincoln's Beard Strange Beast um, uh, so uh, and the new Maxwell Brothers in Palmetto Bay so three brew pubs uh, he's been on this podcast but in a past life he was in Navy Intelligence and the Defense Intelligence Agency 
Redacted Gentleman is him. Yeah. Fun fact, I don't actually remember anything that John and I spoke about because we were both super drunk during the That's podcast. That's true. Oh. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> so the Redacted Gentleman is his podcast that he does with a friend of his who is also actively in uh, military intelligence. And the most recent one is two guys who are in military intelligence trying to solve the debate of whether tacos are sandwiches. Man, that, that was applying, a question that was proposed to us yeah. in our thing that we're apparently not so going to answer any questions. It's two intelligence the community of veterans using their their is skills it, to <laughs> discern whether tacos are sandwiches. So what's your answer? To, is oh, it, I don't know that I have an answer. I don't feel like I'm qualified. Uh, tacos not a sandwich. No, right? Well, right. I, I didn't mean, think so. You know, tacos not a sandwich. I don't know. Well, 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 don't get into it because we got to get into that. In I know. The, I got to talk about it some other yeah, time. Another tacos time. aren't sandwiches. No. My other podcast recommendation is uh, today is December 2nd. Yes. Today's episode of The Reason Interview with Nick Gillespie, this is a much nerdier, boring uh, recommendation, uh, is an interview with Ajit Pai, who is the current chairman of the FCC. Uh, if you are a uh, person who follows news things, you probably hear a lot of references to Section 230, which uh, a lot of Republicans and Democrats want to see either changed or gotten rid of to like punish the social media companies that they say are... Uh, manipulating the world. Uh, and Ajit Pai is the head currently of the agency that would enforce those regulations. So it's an interesting thing. I'm personally, as far as like by government people standards, an Ajit Pai fan. I like this guy. Uh, he was appointed under Obama and I think is on his way out now. He's been at the FCC since, uh, since before Trump. Uh, so that's my other recommendation. The Reason Interviews episode with Ajit Pai. I don't know why. I feel like you should add to that thing yeah. the law and order sound. Dun, dun, dun. Like bum, you bum. should, you sh- yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, like you should, you should yeah. add that to that part. Okay, done, done. All right, so I guess putting me on spot because I didn't, I didn't know I had to recommend. Oh, we do a lot of that here. Now that I think, because you know this, this whole COVID thing got everybody stuck at home and stocking up on Netflix <laughs> shows. So a friend of ours recommended this fucking fascinating documentary and i hate documentary operation odessa it's about a cuban drug lord a russian mob boss and how basically this typical miami cuban scarface figure fucked the cali cartel and it is amazing they bought submarines it is probably the coolest and then the best part about it is so it's told first person and they track down this guy who is on the run from this cartel who is somewhere in South Africa, and it, he is just like, he's Scarface reenacted. Um, it is probably the best documentary I've ever seen. Wow. And it was something that, like, man, I would rewatch it just. Nice. And you find yourself thinking, because it's like you can relate. So all the places they're discussing in Miami are places we grew up driving by, or you know exactly where this this used car lot was. Like You knew about these Show places. me an example. Tell me an example. Lejeune and the Palmetto. When you used to get off of Lejeune, uh, I'm not sorry, not the Palmetto, 836. Right. You get off on 836 on Lejeune going southbound. There was a car dealership. Or was it 27th Ave? I, one of the two. There was a car dealership right off the exit. It was yellow and black awnings everywhere. It was a small little building. It was If you were going southbound, it was on your right-hand side. I want to tell you, I lied. It was 27th Ave. Yeah, it's my hood. It's 27th yeah. Ave. Right on the corner right there. Right next to some motel that's there. There was a old, It was a used car, high-end, exotic dealership. Sounds about right. And that <laughs> shit was a ridiculous front. We all knew it at the time. I was like, bro, what is this doing in this neighborhood? It was a ridiculous front. And when Shocked. You, 
when I you, am shocked for <laughs> one. When you see this documentary, it is fucking mind blowing. Like it was, it was great. And then my other one, um, keeping it on the whole shows thing, I guess, because I, I didn't have time to prepare. No, that's fine. That's... Uh, my girlfriend got me stuck on watching The Crown on okay. Netflix. It's it is basic. Too, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's a loose of it's a loose interpretation of what's going on or what happened basically via the the royal family and. The whole Princess Diana and all this crazy stuff. It's actually fascinating. I found myself not wanting to watch this shit. And I started watching it. And then it was like, oh, wow, that's that's why that happened. And next thing you know, you're six episodes deep, four seasons deep. And it's it's actually a way to waste a lot of good time. I love wasting a lot of good time. It's usually I, I don't sleep much. So it's like mm. always late at night. Yeah, these are the late. This is like I watch it to the point where my girlfriend's like, are you asleep? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not sleeping. My eyes are closed type of scenario i want to give a shout out okay to the jeans guy on mandalorian the last episode the jeans guy you know like uh, when there's always those like sneak ins like game of thrones there was a starbucks cup okay there was a scene and i didn't know this till after the fact of the mandalorian the last episode that just came out big sci-fi fan oh, never my, seen it never my, even heard my, of it my, my entire life i'm a huge sci-fi fan so on the last episode of Mandalorian, which was probably the best chapter, because they break it down by chapters, of this show in its existence, in the back, one of the producers was just kind of like slightly in the frame, and it's just like a modern guy, and you just see his jeans. So now the internet has won, and they've made like figurines of the jeans guy in Mandalorian. <laughs> they've made like, he's just turned into like this thing. So shout out to the jeans guy. If you want to be on the show, I'd love to have you to talk about the jeans guy. Maybe you got in chapter thirteen. Maybe we should get the jeans guy some custom sneakers, and he can wear them with his jeans. I'm just saying. Yeah, if he would have had custom sneakers on, this would be a much more beefy episode. Listen, if, if this man comes on this podcast, I will make that man custom. Oh, boom! You heard so it here, jeans guy. Challenge. There you go. You got to put. How is you got to put? Uh, you got to put Ghana on the line in order to get somebody in. So yeah, literally, if you, you come go. on his podcast. And I, I'm, I listen. I'm gonna go home and watch this Mandalorian, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'll watch. Send you, this. I'll send you the thing. Send me the thing. Yeah. Because I'm gonna see what this is, and then I want to see these jeans, and I'm gonna tell you what type of customs you should have been wearing on. Oh, camera. there you go. Look at it. I think jeans guy should take this challenge and run with it because you're about to get some nice shoes. There you go. There you you're go. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, jeans. You guy. don't even know, but <laughs> you're welcome. There so you go. Uh, we'll transition to shameless plugs, and Marcus will let you do yours first. Just all the places people can find you and your stuff, whatever things you want to plug. Gotcha. So if you Sunday, wanna... all Sunday, just watch football all Sunday, and Marcus is all over that shit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's probably right. Uh, <laughs> social media wise, everything is Souls by Sir. So it's S O L E S B Y S I R. Um, Instagram is my number one. Twitter's up there. Facebook, because they say I gotta have one. Uh, but that's really where you can find my stuff. But if you if you just Google it, you'll see all my stuff I've done. Uh, my website's up there, but typically my Instagram is where it's at. I love one of the things of pride that I have in my life is seeing all the people that I was young with grow up and do this, like, all the incredible things. It's incredible. Columbus are, like, two or three years in that frame. The amount of things that people have done. Yeah. And it, even quiet things as being lawyers and political types, which are not my favorite, but all those things. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It, it makes me pretty proud to be an explorer. 
I got to second that because it's, you know I walked the hallways with some of these fools that I didn't think were gonna make it out of school, <laughs> and That's some true. of them are very successful in their own right, like some teachers, some lawyers, some doctors, some you know restaurant owners. There's a million things that people became, and it's so cool because we all took our own path. Yeah, and you know. Listen, those were some of the best years of my life in that high school. Absolutely. I would recommend that school. That's another recommendation. I, I never would. I never wanted to miss a day of high school. No, it was it was a, it was amazing. Columbus was the best 4 years of my life. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Hands down. You got shameless plugs? Yeah, no, I mean, all the things. I mean, do people really need to hear the Say things? Say the things. We're in 24 countries. All the people know in the 24 countries. Oh, we're already countries. up to 24. I thought it was 29. We're, from from 29, we're in 29. Spotify does not lie. Apparently. That doesn't include the, the illegal streaming of this, right? We're right. in 30 countries when we you think own we're two getting, of them. We're, we're getting illegal downloads of Panko Podcast? No question. Guaranteed. I mean, we're definitely getting illegal downloads in Cuba right now. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for fucking sure. So... <laughs> All right, so you're not going to do your shameless plugs. That's fine. No, no, it's fine. Okay, fine. So you can find Pankong Podcast on all of the social media things at Pankong Podcast. Uh, our next two episodes, because we usually don't have them planned like this in advance, uh, but we we've have structured ourselves. We've, we are they're put together. Now, now we that are we're in port- all 36 countries. <laughs> now that we're in 36 countries. <laughs> Wait, this, this is episode number 600 I'm on? Is this, <laughs> is this a milestone? I think it is. Perfect. I think it is. Okay. Our, our next episode will be with restaurateur <laughs> David Fouquier. Yeah. And the one after that will be with Belen Jesuit graduate George Padron of Padron Cigars. That That's fine. You won't get any cigars. <laughs> oh. George is a, George is a generous man when he's a guest on a pod when he's a guest on a podcast and you just won't get any. Now, the Padron family comes here a lot, so I'm all about supporting that. But That's you what started I'm saying. it wrong. No, I started you it started exactly right. You started the whole thing wrong. I'm the Belen thing has got to go, man. I'm just, being, I'm just being a man. You are outnumbered in this table. There's three mics. Two yeah. of them are going to disagree with you. Yeah. Guess and I, and you I don't even have a microphone. You got a fuzzy little. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> looks is, like a slipper my girlfriend What is that wears. thing? That's the thing you That's got at Sears today? Is that what it was? No, no. This was one of the free with purchases. You buy, you buy a ball stretcher, you get a free tickler. <laughs> did we talk about that, how, how you bought ball stretchers today at Sears? We did. You started with that. that was, <laughs> I did start with that. That's right. That sounds uh, right. So that's it. That's the whole podcast. All right. All right. Uh, Thanks, cool. Thanks, I thought Marcus. this one was pretty good. Thanks I think for having Marcus me. really made it. Uh, I we think, fucked yeah. this thing up. Yeah. Now nah, you so guys, 100%. listen, listen. I just, I would ride your coattails, man. You guys did a great job. Oh, now. man. We're not, we're not on Sundays. Oh, also, uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash Dade Mag. Uh, give two, us all your money. Give us all your money there. Two people have received mugs. If you <laughs> want to be the proud owner of a Pancom podcast mug, you should be I don't even have money. a mug. I don't have a mug either. I what? don't even have a mug. Why did people get mugs? Because if, you they, have, if they pledge a certain amount after you give us a certain amount of your money on Patreon, you get a mug. How expensive is this mug? It's an expensive it's a, fucking it's a, mug. It takes a <laughs> while. Tell you, this it mug? takes a while to get this mug. Yeah, yeah. This mug is good. These but are I will good say, I mean, but people. listen, you, we, we we talk a lot of shit about the Patreon thing, but by now we've literally over the course of the last year put out fifty hours of. Entertainment for your that's ear holes. Spot, that's what Spotify said. Well, but that's because but, it's true because it happened. Uh, so, you know, for as little as a buck a month, you can help keep this thing going. And if you put more than a buck, uh, you might get a mug. Yeah, no, Listen, you get a mug. That's fucking big deal. It's a huge deal. Christmas is coming up. You get to have your Christmas morning coffee in a mug. And everyone will know your good taste in podcasts. I know. So Bless you, Mabel. <laughs> That's it. Okay, it's over. We're done here. Goodbye. Be good. Was this bad? It was awful. Great. <laughs> <laughs>